Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I want to start off by stating this. This past week has been a very tough week. Um, I think it's been a tough week for a lot of people, but I'm going to be open and fair and transparent with you. I never, this past week, I felt like I'm in a fog. Um, And I feel like I'm in a storm and that storm just won't get over. Now that's easier said than done because you're probably wondering, man, Sasson has a storm he's going through. And not only is he having a storm going through, But how is he still handling and coping with himself? Well, one of the interesting parts of life and one of the interesting aspects of life is that God is in control and I'm not. And it's interesting because no matter the difficulties that we all go through, no matter the circumstances that we face, no matter the trials and tribulations you go through, God is still there no matter what. God has been there through the thick and thin, and God is still um, has watch. He still has my back. And I definitely can tell you, it's been a struggle because I've had this question asked, or I asked myself this couple uh, question this past couple of days. Why, why are you putting me through this, God? You know, you look at the, if you've been paying attention to my social media feed, you're probably wondering, man, why is he going after Oak Hills Christian College? Why is he going at it like a f- full force? And why did he have to release the press press release for the first time? You know, I want accountability. That's what I really want. And I also want to make sure that my heart is in the right place. And just like brothers and sisters in Christ, if you wrong somebody, you have to be held accountable. Now, I know that there is, I know that's a very heated and controversial topic right now, but I do care about the college. I care about the people there, but at the same time, you mess up, you have to be holding, you have to be held accountable. Just like, for instance, your parents, you mess up, do you expect your parents to like, Go throughout the, go throughout their life and and do whatever. No, your parents love you and they want what's best for you. And I I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. And so, during this past couple of days, also I was introduced to the song "Great I Am," and it's and it's a different version. It's Liberty University's version of it. That song has impacted me. And has given me a boost of motivation. And has given me an opportunity to thrive. And it's given me an opportunity not to give up. An opportunity to know that God is in charge and I'm not. An opportunity and empowerment. I wouldn't say empowerment, but uh, strength. Knowing that I'm going to make it through. And that's why I encourage you as well. <clears throat> to surround yourself with friends and family that are going to encourage you along the way. Because when you have the thoughts, God, why did you, why, why did I like believe in you, God? 
When you have those kind of thoughts, you have your brothers and sisters in Christ to bring you out of those bad thoughts. And then therefore you go in a heart of repentance. And so with this in mind, I think that this is very easy. And um, what we're going to be doing today is talking about common rest. While we are on our journey, we're going to rest at the end of the finish line. And that this whole thing is all temporary. This is all, we're all going to pass away. This is all going to just be a flash. So with this in mind, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. And this is an awesome, awesome way to end a day with. And with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. Lord, we're so blessed that we can be called your children. That we can be just lo- that we can just love you no matter what. That we can care for you and that you can give us the strength and energy that we need. That we can just be motivated by worship music. Worship music that glorifies you. Worship music that is an encouragement not to give up. And Lord, I just pray for um, a great group of friends that I've been surrounded with as a way to motivate myself to not give up. And Lord, we know that you're an awesome God. So may you guide us and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So we are reading in John chapter, or not John, Matthew chapter 11, verse 1, and it states, After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When Jesus, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, or I meant when John, who was in prison, heard about the, de- about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receives sight. The lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Verse 7. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? Jesus asked the question he asked. A reed swayed by the wind. If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Verse 11. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence. And the violent people have been raiding it, 
For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who has to come. Whoever has ears, let them hear. To what I can compare this generation? They are like children, sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and we did, and you did not dance. We sang in um, dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, nor they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Woe to unrepentant towns. In verse 20, we start off, Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of the miracles had been performed. Because they did not repent. Woe to you, uh, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bathsheba. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have been they would have repented a long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable to Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than to you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would, be, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on that day of judgment than for you. And in verse 25, we continue to reveal that Jesus is the Son of God. At this time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to a little to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, for I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So now the big picture or the aha moment. You're probably wondering, have you ever thought about the fact that stopping to rest is actually counterculture? You're thinking, whoa, how does that relate to what you're going through? How does that relate? Especially when we consider how much our culture is obsessed with work, busyness, hustle, and drive. But think about it. Pausing to rest to really rest is a physical representation of our giving up control of our lives. It's saying, God, ultimately, you are the one in control of all things. And as much as I hustle, 
And as hard as I work, you remain sovereign over all things. We so often find ourselves struggling under the heavy burden of striving to earn love or earn love or approval from God or others or to be enough or even to earn our way to, into heaven. Some of us work tirelessly to prove something about ourselves to others. Some of us strive for perfection to gain satisfaction or find fulfillment in our accomplishment. Whether in our jobs or school or something else, the temptation to find our worthiness is our work is real and our work is real. Now, I absolutely love what this devotion, the good life, has to say. Because this good life devotional is brought to you by what well, there's an unknown author about this. And I absolutely love because it's got so much for our heart. It truly does. It um I absolutely love because we truly get in a, a rhythmical cycle of always wanting to prove somebody wrong or trying to strive to be something that you're not. Yes, I am talking. I am talking to myself. I can hear myself talking. I, I, you're probably wondering, okay, Sasson, you're talking to yourself. That's because I am. Because I struggle with that on a daily basis. I struggle with trying to prove somebody wrong. I struggle with that. I'm going to be open and transparent. But one thing, though, is is that it's a working in progress. Am I going to stop it one day? Hopefully, yes. But is it going to take time? Absolutely. Am I? Are we going to go continue to like always want to seek accomplishments and always wanting to like seek gratification by people complimenting you? Yes, I live on that. People saying, "Hey, great job!" or "Great episode." Or great, you know, you did an awesome job. And it's something that I strive for. But at the same time, those accomplishments don't really help me in any sense. It it doesn't glorify God. And nine out of the ten times when somebody says, hey, great episode, or what, I mean, very well said, nine out of the ten times I say, thank you very much. Instead, I should have said, no, 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 no. Let's glorify God. That was God that was speaking through me. That's the kind of response I should be giving to people. But I, 9 out of 10, I do not. Because I think it's my own doing, which is not. That's what I love about this devotion by this unknown author. And if you find yourself in one of these places, Jesus is inviting you to something greater. We may think we have to do or achieve something in order to earn love, grace, or favor from God. But that's actually not what he tells us in his word. When we follow Jesus, we submit ourselves to the master who says that he'll teach us how to live lives or to live that are marked by security in our identities and trust in the father. In Matthew today, we read in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus addressed a crowd full of people who were tired and weary. The whole, <clears throat> their whole lives the Israelites, religious leaders, the Pharisees, have made religion about following a long list of rules. All too often, many of us view our relationship with Jesus in the same light. Heavy burdens to carry and untainable striving for perfection. And yes, when I first accepted Jesus Christ, 
I, I literally thought like I have to follow all the Ten Commandments or I have to follow as many rules as I can. I have to be this modern citizen. I have to be this perfect person in God's eyes and I can never make a mistake. Well, I definitely can tell you that kind of mindset that I had literally lasted for two minutes. Because the first thing that I thought about was I thought something bad. Or I shouldn't say that, but I thought something about like that was not glorifying God. And next thing you know, I went straight to my addiction, which, well, not addiction, but I went straight to my phone and just spent hours on there. And you can say that was an idol at that time. Was that glorifying God? No, because I took time away that could be trusting with him. So then I'd get mad at myself and I'm like, well, this is way too hard and stuff. But then Jesus then gave us two simple commandments. And that's a lot easier to follow than the old prophecy laws. And that's why I think that today we have become so affiliated and so burdened by all these rituals and by all these traditions of what to do and what not to do. And even then it gets tired. It gets tiring. You're probably wondering, okay, why? This is not enjoyable. If this is what is being a Christian going to be like, of not uh, going out and not doing all these certain things and activities, all we have to do is go to church and then, uh, read everything else and follow strict guidelines. And then if we may mess up something, we list can go on, then why bother? But the cool thing is, is that God loves you and loves me. And that all we have to do when we do mess up is seek him first right away and ask God to for, repent, repent um, of your heart and your mind. To get that innocence back in you. Now, sometimes that innocence does not come back because our we live in a world of sin. And we tend to go back into our old habits. And we have to break away from those. And that might even cause a burden upon yourself. And that might be a burden. But the message version of the passage, the Pharisees, is like this. Are you tired? Worn out? Come to me. I'll show you how to take the real rest. Learn an unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is the overall quick message from John or from Matthew chapter 11, 20, 28 through 30. It's just come, come follow me. You'll get all the rest that you need. Think of it. When you cross that finish line, you're not going to be burdened by anything. When you accept me as my Lord and Savior, you're not going to be pardoned. You're not going to be burdened by the world. You're not going to be worried. You're not going to be anxious. You're not going to have fear. And when you get that fear, when you get the worriness in your, in your stomach and stuff, just come to me. Follow me. Guide. Because I love you and I care for you. And so with this in mind, God himself, the creator and sustainer, of all things, is inviting you to walk with him as he shows you how to live a life of rest and trust in him. And do you desire that kind of life? That's my question. And how might God be inviting you to be still and trust him this week? That is a question. That is the million dollar question. How might God be inviting you to be still and trust him this week? I absolutely love that because that's like my, that's like what God was calling me this week. And that's why I love this verse. I love what he had to say about this week and today, because with everything that's going on with the heavy burden, 
that we don't need to be burdened by any of that. And that God is in control at the end of the day. So why are we trying to take control of our own life? It's a lot easier to live a life when somebody... It's a lot easier to live a life where we don't have to be in control of anything. And that is God. Because you didn't make the path, only God did. And with this in mind, we're going to end with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're not in control, Lord. We truly thank you that we're not in control and that you are in control of our lives. Because think how stressful that is to have somebody to control our own lives. To think that we are somebody that we're not, Lord. I just pray that we can get rest and that we can truly put everything at the cross. And that we may get a purification of the mind. And that whatever happens, Lord, that you are in charge and we're not. Lord, I just pray that you can just continue that kind of a mindset, that we can continue to have that perception in that life. Because we know that when we come to that finish line, Lord, we're going to run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, with this in mind, guys, I hope you have a blessed day. And remember, do not keep your life in control. Allow God to control your life. Because when you allow God to control your life, you have, you the rest is unpotential. And think of it, you have a prize waiting when you cross that finish line. Remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.